Hello there. I feel like I have been a little bit quiet with podcasting. I've been a busy, busy girl. So I've been here and there doing a few speaking things, then signed up very last minute to exhibit at a photography event this week. So I'm going to have a wee stall there. Last week I was in Manchester doing a talk at Upfront Conf, well the, the before Upfront Conf event, so a really casual talk in the evening. And you know, I think that with, uh, I think that my next talk, which is, well the next one's at the photography exhibition, so the one after that that I'm given in Germany at Femtoconf, I think that's going to be me and then I'm taking a wee bit of a break because it's so time consuming. And I'm at this really interesting point with Jack where I'm now starting my binder application and word on the street is that it's a six month process. So I really, and it's very uh, complex and I, I really want to knuckle down and make that happen. So last week, like I said, I was in Manchester. Something interesting happened. I actually hit £200,000 of sales through with Jack's website. Whoa, I did it whilst I was eating some mac and cheese, which made the moment even more special. And what I found interesting was that it took me just under two years to sell the first £100,000 of products through my website. And then it took me eight months to sell the next £100,000 of products. So I think that we call that growth. Very, very good, very exciting times. But anyway, that's not what I'm talking about today. If I did do an episode about reaching £200,000 of sales through the website, is there anything that you would want to hear? Now, today I'm going to talk about some of the challenges of building an insurance business. I know I said that I would be doing an episode on my mini product launch. I've decided to push that back a little bit, so that will come. But for now, we're talking about the challenges of building an insurance business um, because another Another UK insurtech has closed its doors. Um, a fantastic insurtech called Kinsu. They provided simpler and fairer insurance for all your things. This was one of the insurtechs that I personally liked the look of. Their design was slick. They eliminated jargon and promised not to increase your premium if you made a claim. So basically, good people building a good business. I listed them on my resource of UK insurance companies doing interesting things with designer tech. Uh, that's called the digitalinsurer.co.uk if you want to see that list. I just keep it for myself mostly, to be honest. Um, but sadly, they're also the third insurtech on that list to close its doors. Now, for those that don't know, insurtech is defined as the use of technology innovations designed to squeeze out savings and efficiency from the current insurance industry model. Yeah, and whilst I don't consider with Jack to be an insurtech, I mean, I'm still manually processing policies, so there's nothing innovative about that. Um, I do look to InsureTech for inspiration and to learn. And what I will say after seeing yet another great brand go out of business is that InsureTech or not, VC funded or not, building a business in the insurance space is a lot harder than all of us disruptors anticipate. Um, we're seeing InsureTechs challenge the status quo and execute beautifully, yet go out of business after just a year. And the worst part about all of this 
is that you can't fail fast in insurance. You can't give it a few months of your evenings and weekends just to see how you get on before committing full time. No, it's a regulated industry. And an application to become approved takes between 6 to 12 months and can cost upwards of £10,000. That's for the application fee, compliance costs and having the necessary capital. And with my own application for With Jack to become authorised, it was a nine-month process and cost me over £15,000. So here are some of my thoughts on the challenges of building an insurance business after seeing another InsureTech sadly shut down. The first thing is that rocket ship growth is unlikely in insurance. Um, now, VC funding generally means you have pretty aggressive targets to hit, but it doesn't matter how good your brand is or how cheap the product is. Consumers just don't feel passionately enough about insurance that they'll drop their current provider and flock to the new kids in the block. I think that in insurance, you have to kind of play the long game to succeed. And VCs don't always afford you that luxury. Um, obviously, having the right investors is crucial, but most expect rocket ship growth. And although Kinsu hasn't said why it's closing, I read on Twitter that it's because it failed to secure another round of funding. And I think a big reason that I'm still in business is because I'm bootstrapped. So I, I don't have targets to hit that are set by investors. I'm self-funding my business from Glasgow. It's a city with a relatively low cost of living compared to London, which is more where most of the VC-backed insurtechs emerge from. Um, I don't have £15,000 in salaries to pay every month. I don't have to fork out a few grand for office space. If I had investors expecting rocket ship growth, and if I had a higher cost of operating, I do think it would be tougher staying in business in this industry. But instead, I've self-funded with money that I've earned doing freelance photography, and that's enabled me to grow slowly and iteratively to profitability. Now, don't get me wrong, of course, there are many constraints and downsides with bootstrapping. It's definitely not the route for those wanting to reach a 1 billion valuation. And I also haven't been able to build as quickly as VC-backed companies. However, what we are seeing is that the fancy tech and the features such as chatbots to file claims or portals to manage your policy, these don't matter to consumers as much as we think they do. So is VC the right model for insurance? I'm not convinced it is. The second challenge is that small premiums need lots and lots of volume. So two insure techs that I followed that are now closed specialised in contents insurance. And whilst Swiftjack does sell contents insurance, we kind of offer it as a bolt-on to your PI policy. So I don't have data on standalone contents insurance, but I would imagine that the premiums are small, which means that you'd need lots of volume to reach profitability. So Withjack specialises in business insurance for freelancers and our average premium is only £259. That's small. So to remain attractive to VCs, uh, to pay lots of salaries and, and be profitable, I'd need a huge volume of customers. And if I'm being honest, I didn't anticipate how tough this market would be. Like, here's a pro tip. Don't 
get into freelance insurance if you want to make lots of money. On top of small premiums, freelancing is flexible and therefore churn is high. 13% of my customers don't renew because they've went into full-time employment, they've had to close their business or they've moved abroad. So what I'm trying to say is it's a really tough market to operate in and it's even smaller than I assumed. Um, There are an estimated 2 million freelancers in the UK, which seems like a big number, but I would guess that only about 25% of them are insured, so suddenly that pool of people that I'm targeting is significantly smaller. So if you're building a business, ask yourself, is there a large profit to be made? People say the B2B SaaS model's the best, and now I understand why. Is the market huge? Neither of those are true for With Jack, but that's okay because I'm not building a unicorn. My third challenge of building an insurance business is that people are not changing the way they think about insurance. A lot of founders, myself included, are drawn to insurance because of people's negative feelings about it. 73% of consumers don't trust their insurance provider. So this means that there is an exciting opportunity to change that and do something good. And we're seeing the insurance industry tackle the trust issue in a number of different ways. Um, Number one, there's transparency. And it's something that I do with Jack. I try to be as open about with Jack's journey as possible. And I'll also share stats Um, things like where most of our claims arise from, how much they cost, and for whatever reason, these are things that insurers generally don't disclose. The second way we're seeing the insurance industry tackle the trust issue is by obtaining B Corp status. Lemonade was the world's first B Corp insurance company. Go Lemonade! And a few others have since followed suit because everybody's copying Lemonade. The third way is through simpler policy wordings. Consumers um, kind of expect exclusions tucked away in the small print that's designed to screw them over, whereas simpler policy wordings that are easier to understand kind of remove that fear. And lastly, no fixed contracts. There's a massive shift towards subscription-style policies so that you're not locked into paying for something that you no longer need or want. And this is a big step in the right direction. All those things are a big step in the right direction. Yet, it doesn't seem to be enough to change people's perceptions about insurance. Now, I genuinely believe insurance is one of the most undervalued things in the world. And I feel incredibly driven Uh, to help the 2 million freelancers in the UK be a confident freelancer. And a lot of that comes down to changing the way that they think about insurance. And I think that that can be done through educating them with real stories about how insurance can help and showing them that they can have positive experiences when dealing with insurance. And I, I want to believe that changing people's perceptions can be done But it is a huge task. And when I see the steps that InsurTechs have taken yet failed, it kind of scares me. It kind of gives me the fear a bit. So those are some of the challenges of building an insurance business. Testing the market is tough because it's a regulated industry. Rocket ship growth rarely happens, so it may be better to bootstrap, but then that comes with its own set of challenges. Small premiums require huge volumes. 
and it's proving difficult changing the way people think about insurance. I've always said that for me, the path of least resistance would have been to build my photography business. Um, But one of the things that attracted me to insurance was just how challenging it is. And yeah, I did underestimate that challenge, but hey, I, I am still here and giving it a go. So that's all I've got for you this week. Um, I think next next week I'm actually on holiday. Ah, oh, I forgot about that. I'm going away to Italy with some friends for a few days. So I don't know what I'll do about the podcast. Uh, we'll see. But until next time, goodbye. <laughs>